And Margaret just said it's been marvelous so far, and she's not wrong. It's uh, somebody uh, <laughs> in the open door class uh, at the end said, uh, said that uh, I, don't, I don't know if the question was asked before, before they came or, or afterward, but I said, wonder, wonder what's going to happen today. And uh, because there's always something going on, and I just said it's always fluid. It's always fluid. This, there's, there's, uh, if anybody that's been around here for any length of time uh, knows that, or if you've only been here a short amount of time, you probably realize this. Um, we're, we're different around here. Um, <laughs> um, but there's fluidity because Holy Spirit has free reign. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Holy Spirit has free reign to move, and uh, and He moves, and He do, and He and He does. He moves among us. There's 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 activity. There's there's uh, there's things happening in the spirit realm that's uh, that we don't that man hasn't orchestrated, and and don't want to. Um, but we're part of it. We're part of the equation. So. Uh, picking up where we left off last week, this was not necessarily intended to be a two-part series, but I knew last week when I started that I, there was no way I was going to get through it all. And, uh, and the title is Watch Where, we're, Watch Where You're Going. Uh, and I'm not going to go through everything I went through last week. We'll go th- I'll, 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 I have a slide up there from last week just showing the, the, uh, the, the one point I made. Uh, but the whole point as we get started, if you weren't here, uh, the whole point is the Holy Spirit wants us to be paying attention he wants us to be pay att- paying attention to our walk, to not, to not live, live for Jesus in some sort of just religious mindset where we have to do this obligatory thing or do that obligatory thing, but actually live every single day, every single moment of every single day for him and be paying attention to what he's doing along the way uh, because, uh, because he's, he's unfolding things, he's unveiling things, he's, he's bringing revelation fast and furious to anybody that's paying attention to him. And so, you know, so we need, to, we need to be paying attention. Keep a notebook handy. Keep something handy where, as he, you know, you might be driving in the car or he brings you a revelation where you can, you can record it or, or if you're in a place where you can write it down um, because it, this is, uh, it, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not just, because this work is not just for us. So what he's, what he's instructing us in, the revelations that he's giving us doesn't just affect us. There's a lost and dying world out there the lost and dying world out there who need to know the truth and, and need his, God, God needs his people to be able to speak it and to be able to express it and be able to live it in a way that's tangible, that they can look at us, look at you in, in your workplace, look at you in your neighborhood, look at you at your children's sporting events or whatever and say, what do you have? What do you have? You have a peace on you. You have a joy on you. You have a love on you. You have, a, you, you have something going on in your life that is different than what I'm seeing in other places. And that's, that's because that becomes tangible. It becomes tangible. Where he rests on us in a way that is, it, it's noticeable. And then that opens doors for us to then speak the truth. For us to, to love on, pe- on people and care for them and speak into their lives that, you know, things that they don't even know they need. Uh, and so, watch where we're going. We're paying attention. We're paying attention to where we're going. And, and so, as this lesson was unfolding, as I was working on it two weeks ago, uh, one of the questions that the Lord kind of put on my heart was, so where are we going? So where are we going? You know, because He's taking us somewhere. We're, we, we know that there's movement to this. 
So we're watching where we're going. Now, where is that? Where is that? And so last, last week, let me look at this verse first, which is sort of the, the, uh, the, the, the passage that started the whole thing. Set your gaze on the path before you, Proverbs 4, 25, 27. Set your gaze on the path before you. Keep focused. With fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. They are fast and furious. The distractions are fast and furious. There are many. There are many. There are many. Ignore them. Watch where you're going. That's why I love I loved that this was actually in the Passion Version, the, the, the title that the Lord deposited in my, in, my, in my heart. Stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take a, the detour that leads to darkness. So that's sort of the core passage that we're going on. So where are we going? And last week we, we uh, talked about this. We, we continue to walk into the fulfillment of prophetic words spoken over us or dreams and visions given to us. And so last week I went through a, a variety of uh, prophetic words that have been spoken that are coming to pass, that we're walking into. And, uh, and you know, we went through a whole, whole litany of them. And I'm not going to go through them again. That, that message is available on our website uh, and it's actually showing right now on Facebook. So, uh, so that, that's available for you to go back if you weren't here last week to, to look into those words are really important. For, it's really important for us to pay attention to prophetic words. I, I don't know that I always understood that, but I've understood it a lot more in the last probably 15 years of uh, when the Lord speaks something to, to us, he will do it. He will bring it about. It, it, uh, we, don't, we don't have to scramble to try, to try to fulfill it. We just live our life for him and he'll bring it about. And that's what he's doing. We're, and we're, we've, we're seeing that over and over again. So pay attention. If, if somebody speaks a word over you, he'll bring it about. You don't, have to, you don't have to fulfill it. He will. So last week I gave you this teaser for where we were going uh, with the start of today's message. And, and here's where we're going. We're walking into belief beyond our own belief. We're walking into belief beyond our own belief. And we're going to look at a couple examples in Scripture. Uh, but we're actually doing that. You know, it, it, I mean, there, 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 were, there, were, there was so much going on here Friday night with, with prayer. From the, moment, from the moment, if you weren't here Friday, you missed just an opportunity in God's presence. Heart of David took us somewhere in worship. Uh, and, and, and it's not like that hasn't happened before, but it was somewhere else. It was somewhere deeper. It was somewhere further. And from the, from the moment we walked in the room, from the beginning of the night, just the, the, the hovering of Holy Spirit just among us was so strong, was so strong, and he took us places. And I, and I always say this when, when we have these experiences. He's not, he's not doing this just so we can have an experience. It's, not, it, it, it's, it's so way beyond just having some sort of an emotional experience where, you know, we jumped around and we worshiped and we felt really good afterward. It's so much deeper than that. He's making deposits in us. He is doing work in us as we're engaging with him, as we're, as, as we're entering into his presence and we're, we're allowing him to touch places in us physically, spiritually, med- mentally, emotionally, every form. He's doing something. He's bringing transformation in those moments. And so we walk out of here changed, you know, and, that, and that's, that's ongoing from glory to glory, the scriptures say, from glory to glory. So we're walking into, into belief beyond our own belief. Uh, and so, uh, so I, I, I shared those words last week about prophetic things, uh, but today we're looking at where we're going in this whole idea of unbelief beyond our unbelief. And so let's, let's look at this passage. Well, let's look at this word from Bishop Garlington because it related to this. This was a prophetic word that was given November 10th, and I shared part of that word from Bishop, uh, his wife, last week on November 7th, 2010. So that's a while ago. And he said, the Lord would say, I'm coming to your house 
There are things you have hungered for. You've dared to believe, even asking beyond your own belief. He spoke that word, and I believe we're absolutely entering into that phase where we're believing beyond our own belief. He's taking our belief somewhere that we can trust him, that we can trust him. They are coming, my brother, from the north, south, east, and west. God will stir up in your house a mighty move of the Holy Ghost and will network and interact with other houses where the Spirit of God is moving. You will taste and you will see and you will say that it is good. Now, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at this word that, that was spoken to us in 2010. Friday night, there were, there, were, there were as many people here from other places Friday night than there were from here. So we're interacting and we're, we're mixing with other people Worshiping together, learning together, growing together, fellowshipping together, doing God's work together. Together. It's not just an abundant life thing. It's beyond abundant life. It's beyond abundant. But, we're, but we're, we're asking beyond our own belief. We're asking beyond. So, so if you have a doubt about something, it's, that's okay. Just acknowledge that. Acknowledge that. I have doubt. I have doubt, Lord. Help me to overcome that. Help me to overcome that. I believe. Take it beyond what I'm not, where, I'm, where, I, where I'm not yet. We had testimonies in class today about people sharing testimonies of, well, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if I believe what I'm praying yet, but get me there. Help me to get there. So here's the passage in Mark chapter 9. So when they came to the other the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing uh, with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Let's pause there for a minute, because I don't want that to ever be us. You know, if there's a situation like that, we, we are equipped to handle it, because he's equipped us to handle it. There's a situation where there's a where, where there's a stronghold. He's equipped us to handle it, and I don't want him to. You know, I don't. I mean, I don't want him to say, "You unbelieving generation, how long shall I put up with you, abundant life? How long shall I put up with you, people?" So they brought. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, and immediately threw the boy into the into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, "How long has he been like this?" From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed. So he just acknowledged something right here that was really important. I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? 
He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. And I added the, the, the and fasting in parentheses because some versions leave those words out. Some versions of the modern scriptures take out the and fasting part. Uh, it's, I mean, and it just goes to show you, be careful, be careful which versions you're reading. Uh, be, you know, be careful that you get the full context because some versions... Uh, Leave out the important, that very important factor. And, and the reason I, that I want to make that point is because we as a body, and anybody who's been around here for, for this last year absolutely knows that fasting has become such a part of the dynamic here uh, of, of just obedience to the Scriptures. It's just simple obedience to the Scriptures where there's fasting going on. I, I think there's been fasting going on in some fashion continuously since last December. Continuously, I mean, I'm not saying somebody that one person is fasted since last December, but among the members, among the people who are here, somebody is fasting every day. Some are in the middle right now of a 30-day fast. Um, and Lord responds to that. He responds to that because you're being obedient. You're just being being obedient. Some of this stuff cannot happen. The Scripture says without it. And we're in more than conqueror's mode. It's our word for this year, that we are conquering. That we're not, again, it's not just personal conquering. That's part of it. But we're conquering for one another. We're conquering for one another. We're going into, into warfare, prayer-like battle for people in all manner of situations. Health situations, emotional situations, people still living in darkness, praying for them to come out of darkness into the marvelous light. Some of this only happens, only happens by our willingness to say, I'm setting aside time for you, Jesus, beyond, beyond my normal devotional time. Devotional times are awesome and they're wonderful. But he's taking us somewhere in prayer and fasting that I've never seen the likes of before in a body. I've never seen so many people responding to this. And the awesome thing about that is the Lord responds to that and says, here's more of my presence. Here's more of my power. Here's more of my provision. Here's more of my miraculous stuff that I like to do among you just to show you how good I am. So he's taking us places beyond our own belief, beyond our own belief. So I have this picture of George Welker that Kim sent me. (laughs) This was the day he came home from the hospital last week. Now, George fell and broke his ankle on July 16th, July 16th. George has some health issues, has some health issues before that happened. He's a, he's a diagnosed diabetic and he's, he has neuropathy. So, so, and he's 80, he'll be 82, 82 years old. So there's situations going on there where you could look at the, just the facts of the situation and think, this is not good. This is not good. He broke his ankle. He's 82 years old. He'll be 82. He's 81 years old, and he's got health issues. And so they were convinced at, at, at one point when he was in the emergency room, a, a doctor on site wanted to, wanted to amputate his foot. Somebody on, that, somebody on site. But somebody else on site says, no, I think we can, we can work with this. But I, what, what I know about this body is as soon as we heard about it, people dug in and started praying. People started praying. People started praying. People started praying. People started praying. And so they didn't amputate the leg, the foot. And, the, and, and part of the whole key to, to, the, to the prayer was, 
as, as he went through various surgeries, was pray for blood flow, pray for blood flow, pray that that blood just flows, 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 flows. And it did. And it did. You may add, but yeah. This is his daughter, Kim. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And to, be, to, to explain that, part of that has been part of the problem because when he fell, when he fell that day, he can't, he can't feel the pain of, the, of having a broken ankle, so he got up on it, which is what actually made it worse uh, because he couldn't feel that. So for the Lord in the middle of all of this to restore some tingling so that he actually can feel it will be of benefit to him because it'll, it'll, it'll help him to, to move with caution God in his supernatural ways. In his supernatural ways. It's, so, jeez. Uh, oh, so Kim, uh, when she sent me this picture, she, uh, let's see, she, here's what she said. I honestly wondered at first if we would ever see this day. But God. But God. What was amazing to me, too, was uh, Connie and I went, got to see George a number of times, and what blew my mind was, because I mean, I've, I've known the Welker family for years, I have never heard George pray like he was praying. I have never heard George pray like he was praying. He prayed with such authority and such confidence and such assurance. and su- So in the middle of his own trial, in the middle of his own situation, Lord was doing this, was, was raising up a lion in him. So I can't wait for him to walk through the doors. So then, there's this. Now, this is Bob Cato. Right back there, Bob. This is Bobby's dad who had surgery a few weeks ago, and uh, diagnosis wasn't great, prognosis wasn't great, doctors removed 95% of, of, of a tumor in his brain, there's 5% left in there. So Bob shared his story on Facebook, and he said this, I have the world's best support group and God on my side. And I am determined and positive to be a long, long-term survivor. Amen. And I had posted the title of my message for last week and this week on our Facebook page. And he, uh, which again, the title, Watch Where You're Going. And his, he, he responded, that is exactly what I am doing now watching where I am going, and guarding my heart. And then this week, he shares this healing prayer, purify my faith, Father. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you with this very serious illness, asking for you to do a healing miracle in my body, for your son Jesus said that everything is possible for one who believes, 
Help me overcome any vestiges of unbelief and purify my faith so that I can lean in on you in firm confidence that you will heal me to the glory of my Savior. Amen. Help me overcome any, any vestiges, any vestiges of unbelief. Now, we obviously have no idea what the full outcome is going to be in Bob's life, but I know that in the middle of it, in the middle of this, he's doing a work. In the middle of it, something's going on. In the middle of it, something's going on. And we are praying it with belief beyond our own belief. Friday night, Bob was down here receiving prayer. Because that's what we do. We have a need. We don't try to hide it. We don't try to, try to pretend. We trust God through all of it, even when it's hard, even when we've been given a diagnosis, even when we, they're just giving factual information. But God, but God, he can go beyond the facts. He can go beyond the facts. So where else are we going? We are walking into realms of darkness and warfare that we haven't seen before. And by, by, by saying walking into realms of darkness, I don't mean we're, we're walking into sin. I mean, we're invading turfs. We're invading turfs. Remember Pastor Shane's message. The enemy put up signs that says, do not enter. And we're saying, no, we're entering. We're entering. Here we come. Here we come. So a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, uh, our Monday night group, group of men started gathering together. I'm not going to talk about the details of, of that gathering, but we're, 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 entering into, we're entering into some dark turfs that the enemy has held people captive in for too long. And we ventured into that territory And I believe as we did that, I believe as we, as we, as we walked into the, those areas of darkness and said, we're, we're going we're gonna to expose this, we're going to talk about this, we're going we're gonna to call each other into account as men, we're going we're gonna to call each other into, 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 into being responsible with our walk. And I believe the Lord started doing something just by saying, hey, we're, we're doing this. We're not leaving this in the dark any longer. And there's something tangible, something tangible about the Lord's response to that. It says, hey, hey, I, I love seeing this step of obedience. Here's, here's more of my provision. Here's more of my presence. Here's more of my gifts. Here's more of my blessing. And I'm just putting this out there. Look for the, look for the start of a, of a, if, you, if you deal with any form of an addiction, look for the start of an addiction recovery group at some point here in the future. We have a young couple, we have a couple that's, that's, that's poised to begin that. Don't have the details yet. We haven't ironed out the details yet, but we're going to be doing that. And again, it's one of those, one of those areas where, where you can observe from a distance, but the Lord's bringing it into our house to say, we're here. We're here to see people set free. I was in a counseling situation recently. I can't go into all of the details, but 
there was a, there was a hidden thing that was revealed uh, in, in, a, in a husband's life recently, and he shared it with his wife. And, and so they came in to talk about it because it was big. It was a big deal. They came in to talk about it. And uh, they basically came to receive prayer and to talk about it. And in the course of the discussion, this, this was the awesome part of it. The course of the discussion, the wife says, I, I, had become, I had begun fasting for my husband before he ever revealed this hidden thing. I'd begun fasting for him. And then this thing comes up, and here we are now sitting here talking about it, and we had prayer about it, and the next day the husband sent me a message that said, I feel a freedom today like I've never felt before. And I, and I, I share it for a couple of reasons. I share the, share the details of that for, for a couple of reasons. First of all, the power of a fast. The power of a fast that led to revelation of something that was kept hidden for years that, he, that the person had no responsibility for. It, wasn't, it, was, it was just a, a, a dark thing happened in his life. And now he doesn't have to live in that darkness anymore. He doesn't have to live in that darkness anymore. He doesn't have to live with things that are hidden. They need to be exposed. They need to be brought into the light into the light of the presence of God because he can bring healing and he does bring healing. He brings restoration. But if we stay in hiding, the enemy just sort of reminds us, you're not worthy. Remember that thing. Remember that situation. Remember that sin. Remember this. And again, in some of these cases, it's, of no fault of the person. Stuff happens in people's lives that are terrible, that are dark. Lord heals us. So then I get this message. (laughs) Uh, This wasn't last week, week before last from Randy, uh, Randy Horst, and uh, her aunt and uncle were here that Sunday, and uh, I, had, I had mentioned this, uh, I think I mentioned this in our open door class that Sunday, that during, uh, we come in, doors open at 9 o'clock Sunday mornings, by the way, if anybody doesn't know that, doors open at 9, people come in here for a half hour before classes and pray, and it's just random people all, you know, around the room. Uh, but that particular uh, Sunday, I saw this lady standing here. She was standing next to Taylor Horst, her, her uh, niece. And, um, and they were sitting here. And then at one point, the lady stood up and she had her Bible open. She was reading. And I thought, uh, Lord's speaking to her. Lord's showing her something. And uh, so, uh, so... They, she had given her notes, that things that she had written down to Randy, and Randy sent them to me in a text. And there were there were a couple of scripture verses, and this was one of them. And uh, and then I'm gonna then, then there was something else she wrote at the very end that I'm gonna share because it's it's part of where we're going. It's part of what the Lord's doing among us. It's part of part of this whole idea of of of, uh, of of doing warfare, of entering into warfare realms like never before. So this was a verse she wrote down. Yeah, you will pursue your enemies, and they will fall by the sword before you. 
Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand, and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers, and I will keep my covenant with you. So this is a word for us. This is a, just such an important word for the time we're in right now. He's, he's, as we're doing battle, it may be throngs of people with just five of us, but we can defeat them. We don't, have to, we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear the, the sheer volume of darkness around us at times because God's power is greater. It's greater. It's greater. The, the thing is, we need to be in pursuit, and we are in pursuit. Yeah, we're in pursuit. We're not, we're, 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 we've taken, we've, we've torn down those signs that say don't enter and say, no, we're going, and we're going whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And so this was one of the verses. And then here's another verse. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood from Ephesians 6.12, but against rulers and authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's not against people. It's not against one another. It's against the forces that motivate people. It's against the, the, the things that control them. And we're doing battle for them as we're fasting as we're doing, and I don't know what everybody's fasts look like. I don't know what everybody's directions look like. I don't know what everybody's you know, form of fasting. Does, that doesn't matter. But as we're, doing, as, we're, as we're entering in, we're doing battle. And if you don't have lists, make, make a list. And, and if you're, if you're too, too concerned about making a big list, make a short list. Put one person on it and target that person in your fast. Somebody who's in a, in a battle. Somebody who's, who's uh, struggling with something. Someone who's lost. Someone who's grieving, someone who is just in the middle of a crisis, whatever the case may be. But our struggle is not against the person. It's against the motivating forces that lead people into darkness and confusion and chaos. The weapons we fight with from 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 5, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Do we understand that? The weapons he's put into our hands as followers of Jesus have the power to demolish strongholds. The Word of God, the Word of God, if you're not grounded in the Word of God, get grounded in the Word of God. It has the power to, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You hear something and it goes against the knowledge of God, know that it's a stronghold, know that you have the power to defeat it. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So this is both personal and corporate. You can have power over your thoughts. And he can replace them. So then at the very bottom of the sheet, Aunt Susie wrote this. I saw Abundant Life Fellowship as a fortress and a light from which war was waged against the enemy and where the world was drawn to the light. This is a woman, that was the first time she was here. She was, first time she was here, she's sitting here in worship writing these words. That is an absolute direct deposit from God's mouth into her ears, from her ears, into her hand, and she wrote it on paper. That I saw abundant life, 
as a fortress and a light. Where are we going? Where are we going? We're going into dark areas. We're tearing down strongholds. We're going into battle. A place from which war is being waged. Are you in this? Are you, are you part of the troop? Are you part of the army? What's he doing in you? Are, you? are you letting yourself be part of that? And if the answer is no, I don't feel equipped, then talk to us. Because you're probably more equipped than you know, but if you're not, we want to equip you. But also where the world was drawn to the light. This isn't all just about battle, but it's also, it's also about shining light. It's a, it, this is a, a, a good thing. We get to shine light into people's lives. You think people might need that today? For people to be turned from darkness into light, from frowns into smiles, from sorrow into joy? From chaos and confusion into clarity and order? That's what we get to be part of. And it's part of where we continue to go. So where are we going? We are walking into deeper waters of watchfulness and alertness than ever before. And, I, and, I, and I, actually, I was, as I was going through my notes today, because this was actually the topic in my open door class today, was obedience. We're walking into deeper waters of watchfulness, alertness, and obedience. Obedience than never before. I asked our class today, in what, areas, in what areas are you being asked to be obedient to things that the Lord is doing? Pay attention to those things. because yeah, we, we, we may, uh, it's it cool because we had a couple of examples of, of uh, well, the Lord spoke this to me, but, 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 and there was hesitation to obey it because sometimes we think we know better. Sometimes, sometimes we think, well, that doesn't make any sense. But if he said it, it makes sense to him because he knows the beginning from the end. Honestly, when the whole call, Pastor Shank challenged us last year for the whole fasting thing, Physically, it didn't make any sense for me. Physically, I mean, just rationally, because I was a new heart patient. I was on medications for the first time in my life. It didn't make any sense to me. And when I, honestly, when I told my wife I was doing this, she was like, uh, uh, uh. And she was, you know, rightfully so, and her husband, she was concerned about me. But if the Lord says that he means it and he knows what he's doing, and I went to my cardiologist appointment in February this year, three-fourths of the way through a 40-day fast, and he said, have you always been this healthy? That's God. That's God. He knows what he's doing. And whatever we think we can't do for him because of whatever we've rationalized in our head. Now, I'm not suggesting everybody go out and do a 40-day fast. Some of you should not do that for, for health reasons that your doctor would probably tell you no. She asked me to check with Cleveland before I did it. And I sent them a message on the little my chart 
message thing, and nobody ever got back to me, so I figured it was okay. So. Well, they said they'd check with a doctor, so I, you know, that, that's all they, that, that, was, that was the last word, so okay, well, you know, because they've always been very responsive to anything I've asked, so I figured, you know, it was okay. Well, I figured it was okay because God said it was okay. You know, I mean, it wasn't just me being flip or me being unwise. I trust him. He's proved himself. When he's proved himself to you, you can step into deeper waters because he's proved himself. I'm a living testimony of that. And there are many around this room. I'm just one of many. There are many testimonies of that. So we're walking into deeper waters of watchfulness, alertness, and obedience than ever before. Colossians 4, 2-6 says this, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves, devote yourselves, devote yourselves, devote yourselves, devote yourselves to it. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. There's a whole world out there that is looking for what, we, what you have. Looking for truth. Looking for confidence. Looking for assurance. Looking for the love of Jesus that they cannot find in the world. Looking for peace. If you look at any kind of statistics dealing with people who are, who are suffering from stressful situations, I mean, post-COVID, everything just keeps increasing because everybody's, if you don't know Jesus, everybody's afraid of everything. And that just keeps being perpetuated. So pray that, pray that we, we continue to proclaim this clearly, as we should. Devote yourself to it. The Lord has taken us places in prayer and put demands on us in prayer this year that I've never seen before, and people have responded. Don't be afraid of that. It will require something of you. It will require something of you. You may have to shut off your phone. You may have to shut off your TV. You may have to shut off something that takes up your time in your life. But you can pray while you're driving. You can pray while you're working, as long as your work doesn't involve other kind of talking. Devote yourselves to these things. 2 Timothy 4.2, this is in the Amplified. Herald and preach the word. This was a verse that... that uh, uh, Marvin shared in class about three weeks ago. We were, we were talking about alertness. And he on the spot shared this, and he shared it from the Amplified. And I asked him to, I said, what was that verse? And, and it was Amplified, right? And he said, yes, and here's what it said. Because it's, it's, it's really important for us to get this. Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Keep your sense of urgency. And I'm not, when I say urgency, I'm not talking about we're walking around on eggshells or we're walking around nervous or we're walking around afraid of what's happening. I'm not talking about any sort of a fearful type urgency. I'm talking about an, an, an awareness, an awareness, an alertness 
to what Holy Spirit is doing. This is a joyful thing. This is a good thing. It's not a, this is not a negative. The sense of urgency is not a fretful thing. I'm not talking about anything like that. This is not fretful. It's an urgency because he's got a people that he wants us to share the love of Jesus with. He's got people all around us that need to know about what we have. So Harold and preach the word, keep your sense of urgency, stand by, be at hand and ready, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Not everything about what we're experiencing is necessarily going to be positive. Bob did not want to have to be going through this, and I know his family didn't want him to be going through this. We don't, we don't, we don't want to go through stuff. I did not want to have heart surgery. I didn't even know I needed heart surgery. I had no symptoms. But the doctors discovered there was a problem, and so we had to face the problem. They discovered Bob had a problem. We need to face the problem. But we can face it. We can face it with the supernatural power of God leading us. So it's not always going to be a favorable situation or a favorable opportunity. So in the middle of some of this stuff, trials are going to come. Difficulties are going to come. But he's got the answers. Whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcome or unwelcome, you as a preacher of the word are to show people in what ways their lives are wrong. Point them out. No, that's the wrong path. That's the wrong path. And convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Powerful, powerful verse. Sense of urgency. Sense of urgency. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. And, and this is only a partial list. I, I can't begin to know where else he's taking us. But I know the mandate is on every one of us to be paying attention. I gave that example last week of people on their phones and just kind of walking around in this zone of and running into each other, this visual that the Lord gave me about this visual of just people running into each other and the chaos and confusion that, that unfolded as that was happening, just people falling all over the place and running into each other and not, not having an awareness of what's going on around them. The Lord gives us eyes to see. He gives us ears to hear. But it's our responsibility to respond to those things. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. If he's calling your name, say hello. (laughs) This is an exciting, exciting time for the body of Christ, even though there are difficulties. I don't, and, I, and let, me, let me say this. I don't want to minimize anybody's pain or anybody's struggle or anybody's difficulty. I, I understand them. We've been there. They're real. They're real. So I don't minimize any of the emotional attachments that come with going through a trial, with going through a difficulty. But God, but God, I will use that phrase from Kim over and over again, but God, Because he's always up to something bigger than us. He's always up to something beyond what we can think or comprehend, even when it's hard. Even when it's hard. 
It's not an accident. That we had a gifts seminar here this weekend. It wasn't just a man, or, that wasn't a man orchestrated thing. It, it, was, it was a timing thing for God's people to come together and receive from him or, or activate something that's maybe been there but not been, been, been uh, productive. It's not an accident. These things, that, these things that we're engaging in, they're all orchestrated by his hand for his purpose. And the reality is, I said this in class this morning, you know, he, he has blessed us with so much. Well, the scriptures tell us that he who's been given much, much is required. Much more will be required. And so whenever he's asking us to take another step, whatever that looks like in our faith, it's him asking for more because he's given us much. And our response is simply, yes, Lord, I'll go. Yes, Lord, I don't understand what this looks like. I don't even understand the details of what I'm walking into, but I'm going to walk into it. That's how we entered into this whole, whole idea of fasting. People entered into it not knowing. I, had no, I honestly had no idea whether I could even do it. But he said, yes, you can. Let's stand. I want to encourage you. I want you this week. Just think of the one of the most difficult situations in your life. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a lost child. Maybe it's a, a health diagnosis. Maybe it's a financial crisis. Maybe it's something else. Just I don't want you to think about it so that it weighs on you. That's not my point. I want you to think about it in a way that I'm going to do warfare. I'm going to do warfare this week. I know Holy Spirit has made provision for that situation, for overcoming, for being more than a conqueror, for doing battle against the wiles of the enemy that have created some of that crisis. Our enemy does not care about the traumas that we've gone through in times of life. People go through traumas. Enemy does not care about that. But God does. But God does. And He will do battle. He will do battle on our behalf when we just bow before Him and say, Lord, help me. I need your help. I cannot do this. I can... This battle cannot be won without you. This battle cannot be won without your provision. Help us to do our part and then you do yours.
pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you where you are leading us. I pray for us right now that you will you will do a work in us that we are paying attention to where we're going, both personally and corporately. What does my personal goings have to do with where we're going corporately? They're connected. Help us to pay attention. Help us to hear. Help us to see. And then help us to obey as you give us instructions. As you lead us through your word and through, through the guidance of your Holy Spirit, you will lead us. I thank you for testimony after testimony today in class, in the open door class of how you are moving and how you are speaking things and how you're requiring obedience even when we're not sure of the details. I thank you for how you send Aunt Susie to us. And in one week, she has this perception of us being a fortress from where we wage war. What you're already doing, what you're already doing, and you deposit that in her for her to speak that to us. I thank you for all the supernatural things that are going on among, among us, the ways you orchestrate things. That supernatural is not limited to just some physical healing, although those are a, a wonderful part of the equation and we, we embrace those fully. But just your orchestration of things in our path that only you could do. on each one of us as we go out of here today. I pray that you will receive glory and honor and praise from each, from each life. Keep unraveling us, Lord. Keep unraveling us as we close this time out with a little bit of worship. Keep unraveling us for you to only build us back up for your purposes and for your glory. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, there's people here who will pray with you.